This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Exciting, promising times for the 76ers, indeed. A major splash at the trade deadline, and lately, some wins over a couple quality opponents. We'll talk about the team with some of the guys from the NBA on ESPN Radio crew, Mark Kestisher. If they keep this up post-All-Star break, I think to make the NBA Finals would not surprise me. And a former coach and one-time colleague of Brett Brown, P.J. Carlissimo. To me, Joel has gone to another level. You're talking clearly one of the best players in the league. As we head towards the All-Star break, Mark and PJ join us on this episode of the broadcast. What's going on out there, 76ers podcast people? Hope you are doing great. I'm Brian Seltzer. Coming back at you with another episode, not too long after our previous episode dropped, if you have not heard it yet. An interview that Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic and I did with 76ers general manager Elton Brand about all things that went down at the trade deadline that came out a couple days ago, so it's still relatively fresh. If you have not yet listened to it, thought that Elton told some very interesting and insightful stories, so check it out. And coming up on this edition, we're going to sit down with Mark Kestisher and PJ Carlissimo. If you are a hardcore NBA fan, you've probably heard them a bunch on the NBA, on ESPN Radio. Uh, They are the top national crew from ESPN's radio coverage of the league. They do the finals. They're going to be doing the All-Star game this coming weekend, the top game each week. And they've been in town for a couple of games the Sixers have had lately against the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. So... I had the chance to catch up with them, and we'll hear from them in a moment before we do. Reminders that to subscribe to the podcast, it is very simple. Just type in Sixers Podcast Network, and then go to any one of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're talking about things like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, SoundCloud, all that good stuff, and that will take you to our feed. For the Sixers, they have been a relevant story 
in the NBA for the last couple seasons, but increasingly so as of late. Not only was there the promise and the hype surrounding the team going into this year after the 52-win season and second-round playoff appearance last year, but then the November blockbuster that brought the Sixers Jimmy Butler, and most recently the day before the trade deadline, the major move made with the L.A. Clippers that netted Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott, and then Elton Brand landed two more veterans in Jonathan Simmons and James Ennis III before the deadline passed. So a lot has been going on in Sixers land, not to say anything of the two most recent wins that the Sixers have picked up since the deadline itself, and that was against the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets last Sunday and Friday, respectively. So Mark Kestisher... P.J. Carlissimo of the NBA on ESPN Radio in town covering a couple of those games and when they were passing through the 76ers training complex in Camden a couple days earlier, we sat down to talk about it before the Sixers hosted the Boston Celtics on Tuesday. One of the really neat, cool things about the 76ers' ascent in recent seasons is that we get dignitaries from around the league passing through Philadelphia and Camden, and it's awesome to be catching up with Mark Kessiter and PJ Carlissimo from the NBA on ESPN Radio Crew. Guys, great to see you in these parts. Thanks for coming on the pod. Well, one dignitary. I think PJ would classify as such. I'm just hanging on. Your credibility, uh, I'm having a good time. You're off to a rough start, Brian. <laughs> Your credibility is not, not good right now. We're only in the business of trying to butter people up and lob softballs when they're good enough to come on the podcast. That's what we like. Well, we're just happy to be back uh, to Philadelphia after uh, many years of uh, not coming uh, to these parts. So it's nice to be back in Philly and even better when we have a schedule where we have two games, Laker game Sunday, Boston game on Tuesday, so we get a chance to enjoy the city even more than usual. That was one thing I was going to ask you guys. Is there something neat about it from your end, too, where there's a team that reemerges after a couple down seasons and they become a little bit more relevant in the league, and especially the way the 76ers have done it? Well, I'm prejudiced. Brett Brown and I worked together for five years in San Antonio. I've known Brett since he was a young, not, not even a senior, a young high school player. Of course, his father, Bob, was a legendary coach. Uh, up in New England and uh, played against Brett when he was at uh, Boston University and stayed in touch with him all the time he coached in Australia. So it's somebody I know extremely well. I'm just so happy that the organization um, did what normally doesn't happen in the NBA. They stayed with a guy, the guy that took with the lumps for a bunch of years, uh, and they've rewarded him and allowed him to, to see here and see the growth that, that has happened. And it. so selfishly, I'm thrilled with that. I think he's done an exceptional job. And this year, you know, good news what Elton in the front office has done. It, it's really it's great the way they've reshaped the roster. But for a coach, I mean, it's funny that you're seeing tomorrow two teams go at each other or uh, with the Celtic Sixer game. Celtics are basically untouched, so Brad's been coaching the same team not just for a year but almost for a couple of years, and it seems like uh, Philly changes every couple months. That's really hard uh, from a coaching standpoint. The good news is you're getting some better players, and I think the pieces fit well together, but I'm really looking forward to watching these last 25-plus games and seeing the Sixers continue to improve and seeing what they're going to be able to do, not just this year. Everybody wants to know, hey, they're going to win a championship this year. I'd love if they could do that, but I just want to see what they're going to do in the future because they seem to be set up extremely well going forward. You make a great point. There are only a little bit more than two dozen games left in the regular season, and regardless, Mark, of the type of talent that you have on a roster, that's still a relatively limited window of time to try and get everything's right. Um, 
On the surprise scale, where did let's go over the two big trades Elton Brand and the 76ers have made this season. On the surprise scale, where did Jimmy rank for you from a national perspective as someone who follows the league and then the Tobias Harris LA Clippers swap? I wasn't as surprised with the Jimmy trade. I mean, it was so early in the season and it, it was inevitable, right? Something was going to happen. He was going to get out of Minnesota somehow. And it seemed early enough where it was almost like an off-season acquisition that you could fill him in. And, uh, you know, he's an upgrade in, in many respects to the roster. Um, I was not as – I wasn't surprised with the, the three-player trade that Tobias Harris was involved with. Maybe more surprised on the Markel Fultz trade, you know, just looking down the future, maybe not, you know, for, for this team. But uh, to amplify on PJ's point, it's um, – I'm sure he could tell us from a coaching perspective when you have, and it reminds me of Cleveland last year, right before the All-Star break, when they brought in all these guys and Ty Lu had to, first of all, figure out how to play them in the one game before the All-Star break and then try to mesh them together in the sprint to the finish. It's not even the halfway point anymore. It's like the final third of the season. And even though they, you know, survived Indiana in the first round, it was still flawed all the way to the end. So I think, uh, you know, for Brett, uh, you know, uh, his job of trying to figure out not only how to match these guys to where they work to their best, uh, it, it's also a matter of when the rotation starts to come down even more from 10 guys now to nine. Um, and as uh, coaches told us, you know, maybe eight and a half when we get to the, the, the playoff spot is just figuring out what are the best combinations to put you in, uh, in the best frame of mind. So, so neither really surprised me uh, totally, but I think at this stage, with 26 games to go in the regular season and then the postseason sprint, uh, there's still a lot of work to do. A phrase that Brett often uses when he's talking to us in the media is, it's early days, it's early days, and really with this revamped starting five, it could not be earlier days, just two games, but against quality opponents. Try not to make too much of the numbers, but the net rating right now is over 20, which is pretty darn good, and I wouldn't want to peg you guys down to a specific number or a rank, but in general, initial vibes, where would you put this starting five? Like, what class are we talking about here when you compare it to the rest of the league? I mean, if you're looking in the East, I got to put it right up there near the top. I know on the on the day that the uh, Tobias Harris trade was made, some people were saying best five in the NBA, and uh, you know, to me, I don't think he could touch what Golden State is doing right now. So I don't know, PJ, if you agree with that. It's yeah, I, I, lo- I mean, there's no question. The talent is incredible. But what jumps out at you though is is you, you're not talking a ton of experience, and you're not talking a ton of playoff. Uh, success and that that really defines when you talk about players in the league that's what it comes down to it comes down to playoff success and that usually goes hand in hand with experience so I just think it's really hard until they you know it's a big deal to make the playoffs and it's a big deal to get in a round or two when you start talking about winning a conference final or winning an NBA championship it's a whole nother level and I think to me that's what separates you know like yeah hey that looks really pretty the starting it's a don't get me wrong it's an excellent starting lineup but they have a lot of filling out to do on their resumes before you, in my opinion, before you can compare them to some of the other groups. And it's also the egos too, right? You've got to have guys that are willing to take a step back. I mean, you have five guys that are averaging, what, 17 points a game, and uh, you see at Golden State if, you know, it's, it's rare that Steph Curry has an off night, but when he does, you know, he's more than willing to, okay, this means that I'm going to have 11 assists or 12 assists, and uh, you need that from guys that are alphas that are able to, to step back I mean, have five guys. Don't get me wrong. There's a whole lot of us that would love to be sitting where Brett's sitting right now and working with this group. But I, I just think sometimes everybody kind of looked at it and said, well, who, now I think it's going to be what a cover on Sports Illustrated. So God knows what they're going to say. But I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute here, guys. Let's, let's play some games. Let's win some playoff series. Let's do some – 
real successful things in April, May, and June, and then you can start elevating the group. I know a lot of people talk about the length of an 82-game season. I think, especially in a context like this where so much can change, I, I don't know if Brett put it to you guys like this, but in the media scrum he was saying like he feels like this is the third different team he's coached this year. And so that's one of the neat things about an NBA season that long, that you can have so many different iterations. But it is tough not to look ahead to what happens after April the 10th, and we talk talking about the playoffs. For two guys in particular, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. What's what's the pulse that you guys see on those two players in particular? And you're going to see them uh, this weekend too in yeah, the All Star game on opposite teams. Right. Uh, you know, Embiid has. I mean, he stepped right to the fore amongst the the best players in the league right now. You know, for Simmons, there's still some aspects of his game he has to work out. Notably, the shooting aspect. You know, from range, he does just about everything else. I know the playoffs, the second round series didn't go uh, well against uh, Boston last year, so that's going to be his measuring stick to see where he can get uh, get to the next level. Yeah, Joel. I mean, to me, Joel has gone to another level. Not diminishing what Ben has done, but Joel's at a different level. You're talking clearly one of the best players in the league. Uh, just is so versatile, does so many things. Uh, again, the only missing element is, you know, um, some championships, some playoff series wins, things like that, because he's, he's accumulating everything else. Um, Ben's got a hole in his game. I mean, he doesn't make free throws and he doesn't shoot the ball very It was bizarre watching the way LeBron played him uh, on Sunday. I mean, he was – LeBron, I'm, I said early, I told Kessie LeBron's going to get like five defensive threes. I, he didn't get one until I think the last six minutes of the game. Right. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he was not even – and that's a little unsettling to be played like that. But there are – a lot of players in this league who have not been great perimeter shooters uh, who have done very well. The, the free throw concerns me more because he's a point guard and he's got the ball in his hand a lot, and uh, he's got to do that. Now, having said that, you know, I'm being pretty hard on Ben. He's, he's had a great career right now, but I just think Joel's a lot further along in his development than, than Ben is right now. And, and that's the player perspective, and I think the other part of your question too is – how the standings are going to shape up this game against Boston. You've got four and five home court advantage. We don't know where Indiana is going to end up. I think they've played way better than anyone anticipated after Victor Oladipo's season-ending injury and the way Milwaukee and Toronto have played this season. You've got four, and you could say five, really good teams in the Eastern Conference. And as we talked about on the Sunday broadcast, you don't want to be the five. No, you you absolutely don't. You don't want to be the four or the five, to be honest with True. you. You'd, you'd like to be in the two, three. And, and you, there's a better path to get into the conference final, I think, uh, up there. Not, not diminishing those teams at all. But the other thing, and, and Brett didn't duck away from the question in the uh, post-practice scrum uh, about ba- playing Boston is not just another game. There's, there's a, obviously a long-standing rivalry. But the other thing is, simplistic as it is, when you're competing with teams in the conference, when you play them, your win is their loss. I mean, the other nights you sit there and hope the team doesn't do well. This is a night like you control each other. You know, so this is going to be a Boston win and a Philly loss or vice versa, which Two is game you know, swing. what everybody's looking for. <laughs> so it's very significant. It's not just another game. It's a big, big game. It was amazing seeing right up to the end of the 3 o'clock trade deadline the other week just the teams that were making moves, and you're starting to think, who does what after this team does that? The Raptors acquiring Marcus Gasol. I do want to ask you guys about Elton before we wrap up, but I also want to circle back to Brett. How much – I mean, you were – I want to make sure I have this right. 2002 was when you and Brett linked up in San Antonio. in San Antonio, 2-3. And that was – season. I think the start of his second go-round with the Spurs because he was there for the one championship season uh, and then went back. Um, So what's different about Brett Brown now? What's the same from from what you can recall from those years? Well, the person is the same. 
that's the be- and that's still his strength. Uh, and uh, he's not he's not a good person. He's a great person. He does an incredible job, I think, um, relating with the players, which has become more and more important uh, in terms of coaching everywhere, but particularly in the NBA. I think he's a great representative for the franchise. I think he's great for this city. Uh, I just think he handles it very very well. Some people might have been surprised, but they forget that he'd been a head coach in Australia. And he grew up in a coaching family. And when you look at his tree, uh, I mean, his father wasn't a good coach. His father was a great, great basketball coach. That's what he grew up with. There was no question what Brett was going to do from day one. Played for Rick Pitino at BU. That's, that's a pretty good guy to play for and learn from. Uh, when he was down in Australia, he worked with Lindsey Gaze, who's Andrew Gaze's father, who's a legendary Olympic coach and former player in Australia. Then he goes and works for Greg Popovich for a whole bunch of years. So, I mean, you talk about, you know, you look at somebody's resume, uh, were they ready for the job? There's no question Brett was ready. People might not have realized, you know, you look at him, he still looks very young. You say, well, is he ready to be a head coach in the NBA? Uh, he, he was, he is, and, and I think, Almost as importantly, the way he handled the losses, those tough years when, you know, Philly was processed, whatever people want to call it, uh, it showed how well he handled that. And he still tried to be positive and kept the guys going, uh, you know, and, and being competitive. So uh, I just think if you if you sit back and even me, who's not objective, if you just look at, you know, Brett, here's his lineage. Uh, you got to be, you know, not very bright to not have expected him to be this great a coach. He's always ever talked about is culture, and that, of course, I'm sure extends from what he's been exposed to over the course of his career. And when you're losing games, you're like, okay, I understand all this positive talk in the culture. But now when you bring in guys like a Jimmy Butler and a Tobias Harris and you absorb them, I mean, it seems like so far, you know, there's still high emphasis on passing and sharing the ball and selflessness. Um, it, it has been an amazing story. And then Elton Brand finds himself... Um, about two and a half years removed from actually playing some games for Brett Brown, being the general manager of this team. Uh, how far do you think relationships and the ability to work that aspect of being in a front office can go to getting deals done, Mark? Hey, it's it's remarkable. I take back PJ and I were in Las Vegas right in July, and the 76ers were one of our first games. And I remember being in a, a hot gym and like, oh, there's Elton Brand. And then we're like, oh, isn't he the general manager of this team? And he just had a command, and I think he had that as a player too. You know, he was very well respected. Uh, in his playing days, uh, and but I think he has—he's way ahead of the curve already uh, for what he's doing, and certainly what he did, uh, you know, last week at the trade deadline as well. We said it on the broadcast on Sunday. He, not, he didn't just make a move; he made a series of moves. He made very bold moves for a first-year general manager, and he doesn't seem to lack confidence as he uh, did not as well as. No, player. I mean the only negative uh, EB has is having gotten to Duke. Other than that, <laughs> uh, there's there's no question. You know what an impressive person he is, and how talented he is, and again. And you're talking to a guy, was he ready? Yeah, I think he's ready. I mean, fi- experience is a great teacher. Will he be a better GM in five years? Yeah, probably. But still, uh, the moves he's made, you have to love. You talked about the word before that I thought was most important, relationship. I think his relationship with Brett, it has been and will be critical. And again, not everybody always holds up the spurs as perfection. But when you do what they've done for as long as, as they've been able to do it, and the, the heart of that relationship is R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich. So Brett understands very well. So does Elton and anybody else in the NBA. When you have that, because so many organizations in this league don't have that, you don't have yeah. the coaching staff and the front office tied together the way it appears EB and, uh, and Brett are. So that's a great thing.
Last thing, 76ers ceiling for this year will be if such and such happens. I'll poll each of you guys. Well, I, I think uh, I think the ceiling for everybody in the East is conference championship. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are just that good. Not right. that nobody's going to beat them, but it's hard enough, you know, to get uh, to a seventh game and have a chance to beat them four times. Uh, like we said earlier, I think this is there's a lot of stiff competition in the Eastern Conference, so – uh, just to make it to the finals will be impressive uh, with this lot. And then the second part of your question is if these if these guys mesh. I think Tobias Harris already is showing he can. Uh, I think the bench guys as well have given uh, Brett Brown a, a new look at what he can do and some of the different rotations he could put out there. But if uh, if, if they keep this up post-All-Star break, I think to me you got to say um, – to make the NBA Finals would not surprise me, but it will be very difficult, uh, you know, to get past that second round and into the conference finals. Yeah, almost identical. Uh, I think if they get to the conference finals, that would be great year, period, regardless of what ha- – are they good enough to win the conference finals if they get there? Yes, they are. I agree with them. I don't think they're going to beat whoever comes out of the West, but uh, that's just a, a bias for the Western Conference. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when the roadblocks come up. You know, when somebody thinks he should have the ball. I mean, you know, it's been two It's been two games. I mean, there's gonna. it's inevitable in this league, even in 27 games or however many games are left, that, like, all of a sudden guys are struggling or, heaven forbid, there's an injury. So you got to wait to see how you handle adversity. But if they stay healthy uh, and, and they stay on the same page, um, they're going to be as good as going into the conference, going into the Eastern playoffs. They're as good as anybody. I mean, I would, I would never uh, go against them uh, if things progress in a normal path uh, going into April. Guys, this has been awesome. Thanks so much. Good Bro. to be here with you. Thanks. Some good wisdom, 76ers perspective from PJ Carlissimo and Mark Kestisher of the NBA on ESPN Radio's top broadcasting crew in town a couple days earlier this week to cover a few of the Sixers games. Thanks to them for taking the time to talk, and thanks to you as always for taking the time to listen. You can try to get one more episode of the podcast in before the All-Star game break, uh, then we'll be a little bit quiet for a few days before coming back and wrapping up for the home stretch of what has been a really fun and exciting and hopefully even more promising 2018-19 season. Talk to you next time. See ya. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.